Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. How's everyone doing today? Awesome. Why don't we stand for a moment? I just want to get you to pray a little prayer with me, and then we're going to, get, we're going to kick off here. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. Father, we thank you that it has the power to change our lives. God, we ask that you would speak to us, that you would uh, just give us a fresh insight of what you're trying to say to us today, God, because we're always changed when we hear it and we receive it. And all God's people said, amen, amen. amen. You can be seated. So in, on behalf of uh, or about the Highway to Wholeness, we do have some cards at the back if you want to take one home with you. Um, you can go online and register. It kind of has to be done by the end of this week because we have um, our prayer team begins to pray uh, for three weeks. They're praying into and over your name and over your life so that when you come to the event, um, it, it, you get, get a more impact out of it. Amen. How many know prayer works? Right? So we want people praying. So I want to encourage you to do that. So let's get into the Word today. We're going to bring up uh, a slide here. Uh, I started this series called 2020 Vision Refocus. Now, we started this in January. Uh, we had a guest speaker a few weeks ago. Uh, so I didn't get a chance to finish it. But this is the third and last part of 2020 Vision, all right? Um, I talked about, I had a set of binoculars up here, and they've disappeared. Um, but with binoculars, how many know you're looking at an object, but sometimes it's out of focus, right? And when we, there's a little dial, and if you turn that dial, you can, you can bring into focus what you're looking at. And the whole point of this series uh, was to remind us that we, sometimes we're looking at the right thing, but we have to adjust our focus. How many hear what, I, what I'm saying? We have to be willing to adjust our focus so we can see things a little clearer. And so the first week I talked about refocusing our vision, refocusing our vision. And, uh, and I really was talking about separating religion and tradition from truth. How many remember I spoke about that in the first week? I covered how the Pharisees rejected the truth because of their own traditions. They were so caught up in doing all of these oral traditions and, you know, washing their hands ritualistically and doing different things that they weren't even hearing the truth and they weren't listening to the truth and they put their traditions here and they put the truth of God's word down here somewhere, right? And when we do that, we make the word of God of no effect. The scripture loses its power because we're caught up in our traditions. The second thing I spoke about the second week was Reformed Mission. I talked about compassion ministry and how faith works through love, right? I talked about how Jesus went out and he had, um, he talked about the, 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 uh, the parable of the, uh, was it, yeah, it was a parable, uh, about the, sir, the guy who got beat up on the road and it was a parable of the Good Samaritan, right? We talked about how the Good Samaritan was the one who showed love, all right? And so I want to ask you this question today. How did Jesus live, and what was his mission? We understand in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, that Jesus' mission was to bring the good news, okay? Jesus' Jesus mission was to bring the good news, right? He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. You know, the gospel is good news, right? As a church, we should be the happiest group of people on the planet. Like, we should be happy. We shouldn't come to church looking like we drank lemon juice. Let's see all the smiles out here, right? Why? Because we have good news that Jesus came and he saved us. We have the gospel in our life, right? We have Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit. 
So he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released. That's why we do the highway to wholeness. We're saying, listen, you know, you, you can receive the gospel and still walk in bondage. Have areas of your life that need healing. So we say, well, God wants to set us free. So we have some teaching on that. The blind will see and the oppressed will go free. All right? How do you like how I put that little plug in there? Wasn't that good? So, so here we are. Today I want to talk about something. I want to talk about bullseye. I want to talk about focusing on the bullseye. And so I have two little targets here that are really crappy. I made them up myself. And I had a pen. Go. So one of these bullseyes, I'm going to write, one of these targets is, um, is I'm going to put further on it, okay? So we want to, we want to reach, okay, this is, this is, these are the two targets my wife and I are really aiming for in 2020. And we want to invite you guys to join us. I mean, you can make your target whatever you want. But this is what we believe. We want to reach further. Say reach further, okay? We want to reach further. The second target is, is we want to connect deeper, okay? We want to go deeper. So we have two targets, connect further, and we want to go deeper. Now, each target here has a bullseye on it, right? And so sometimes we're looking at a target, um, and, and we're focused on the target, but we're not focused on the bullseye, right? So one target is I want to, I want to reach further. I want to go further, and the other one is I want to go deeper in relationships, okay? Okay. The target is the Great Commission to go into all the world and make disciples. And it's really talking about going, uh, reaching further. Uh, how many were here last week? Mark Davies was here, and he did this. He's an evangelist. He travels all over the world, and he does crusades, and he's preaching to crowds sometimes of 40,000 people in areas where the gospel's never been preached, and he's out there doing that. And, and he said in over, I think it was over around 20 years, he's seen over 2,100,000 decisions for Jesus. Isn't that awesome? And he's just so excited with that. And he said, I'm using my faith to believe God for 50,000 souls before June. And then he put a challenge out to us as a church. He said, I want you guys to believe God, use your faith to believe God for one or two people in your life. That you can build a relationship and, and, and have them come to make a decision for Christ. How many know we can use our faith to believe God for salvation of those around us, Okay. And I like that because that's a great challenge. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, it says, Let your light so shine before man that they may see your good works and glorify your Father. Okay? Okay, so one of our primary focuses is we want to reach people that are far from God. How many want to reach people who are far from God? Right? That's, that's our goal. We want to go after people who are far from God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18 to 21 says, And all this is a gift of God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this ministry or this task of reconciling people to himself. All right? Next verse. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their sins against him. And he gave us a wonderful message of reconciliation, for we're Christ's ambassadors. God has made his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead with people, come back to God. For God has made Christ, who's never sinned, to be an offering for our sin, so that we can be made right with God. And so here's our ministry, is to go out and tell people, listen, God's not holding your sin against you anymore. It was taken, it was taken care of on the cross of Calvary. Jesus shed his blood. And, and so in other words, you know, you know when you play chess? 
and, and it's my turn, and I, I move my piece, right? And then I say, okay, I'm going to take a second move. Is that right or wrong? Yeah, if you're playing chess with me, like, hey, 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 hold on a second. This is my turn. You can't move two times, but we want God to move twice. God, God played his play. He said, okay, here's my son. I forgive you for your sins. Now it's your turn. And what we do, sometimes we wait. We're like, no, God, you need to make another move. And he's saying, no, no, it's your turn. God's no longer holding people's sins against them. He's, he's paid for their sins. Now we, people around us, have to make a decision that, hey, I'm going to make a step towards God. How many hear what I'm saying? And so what we're doing as believers is we have to let our light shine. Just love on people. And let your story re- reveal God's glory. And people say, man... There's something different about you. There's something different about your life. What is it? And you let your light so shine before man that they begin to glorify your Father in heaven. And you begin to say, hey, it's because I have a relationship with Jesus. It's because God's my Father. And they're like, yeah, well, I want him to be my Father. And now it makes sense. How many hear what I'm saying this morning? Right? And so we have to let our light shine before man. So I'll bring up a slide here. I want to talk about the four things we can do. Say four things. Just four things. That's all we got to do in 2020. We want to reach two people for Jesus. So the first thing we're going to do, number one, is accept the personal responsibility. Realize that it's your responsibility to, number, and the second one is, bring that up, build a personal relationship, right? We have to be willing to build personal relationships with people. If you're coming to this church and you're going Sunday morning, and then you're, coming, you're going to life group on Wednesday night, and then you're at three or four other events at the church during the week, stop it. Because you're no good coming here. You can't reach people. Men, two things a week. If you're doing a whole bunch of stuff and you're not reaching people, stop it. Okay? Because we are the church, and we come to church for training and equipping, but then we need to go out and we have to build personal relationships with people. In the last few weeks, Camille and I are talking and strategizing. We're going to have people over. We've already started connecting with people that don't know Jesus, and we just want to build a relationship with them. Amen? How many can build a relationship? Can I see your hand? Okay, you can build a relationship. Good. Next one. Share your personal story. Just share your story. Man, when I sit down with people, I don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to have all the answers. It's okay if, some, if you're sharing your faith and say, well, what does this mean? Or what is, I don't understand the Bible. And you say, well, ne- neither do I, but I'll ask my pastor. Or we'll ask somebody and I'll get back to you. People don't have a problem with you not having the answers. Because they see the life of God in your life. Amen? So share your personal story. When I share with people what God has done in my life, and I came out of drugs and alcohol, and I used to deal drugs, and I used to hang out with these type of people, and I had depression, and I was schizo, and all that. And people were like, you? Yeah, and the doctor said, you'll never be able to um, learn to speak English properly, and you're going to be highly autistic, and all, all these things going on. And, and I said, no, but, and they're like, you? Yeah, yeah, me. But because of him. And when you share your story about his glory, they begin to say, hey, Maybe God has something for me. Because our faith is a living faith, right? It's not just, I just believe this. Because, no, it's living. It transforms us. It affects us. And every one of us have a story, right? And so we want to share our personal story. Next one. 
and then give them a personal invitation. Doesn't mean you have to necessarily invite them to church. You got to feel the where they're at, but invite them to something. Say, you know, it's all right if I pray with you. You know, I'll find, and, and Mark said, like 90% of people have no problem with you praying for them because they're desperate. Sure, you can pray for them. And you pray with them. You give them a personal invitation to connect group. You give them a personal invitation to say the sinner's prayer. Whatever it is, give a personal invitation. And it might take time to get there, right? So if we have this scale, right, and this is minus 10, this is minus 9, this is minus 8, this is minus 7, all the way to 0, pulpit is 0, and then we're plus 1, plus 2, all the way up to 10. You see the scale? And many people, sometimes people are at, like, at 10, they're minus 10, and you come and you share your story or you start to talk about God and they cuss you out. And you say, I failed. You go home and you say, I failed, Lord. I tried to witness and it didn't work. What you don't know is that person's at minus 10, far, far from God, and they go home and the Holy Spirit's talking to them. And they say, well, maybe, maybe, maybe what he said was right. And he moves to minus 9. You see that? And somebody else comes and talks to that person or they see a program on TV or, you know, someone... Somehow, God uses them to get minus eight. And over a process of sometimes many, many years, they get to zero. And then they make a decision, and they come in at plus one. And so what we do is we see people like Mark Davey who comes and, I had, a, you, know, you know, I had two million decisions for Christ. And we think, we think of the guy who kind of gets them over the line, and we say, they're successful, but we're not. Right? I went out on the street one day in, in, in uh, St. Catharines and um, was sharing my faith on the streets. And I, was, I made up this little track. I said, God's promises for your life. And so I'd walk up to people and say, would you like to know God's promises for your life? And people were like, sure. They'd take it. Some people would throw it out. And uh, they didn't want it. I actually had a young guy from the Bible school who was so nervous. And he's like, I've never evangelized before. And I'm so terrified of sharing my faith. And I, I talked him in. I said, it's going to be fine. We can go out and tell people about God's promises. And he's like, okay, fine, I'll go. And he put his rollerblades on. And he just came along. And he gave out his track. And the guy punched him out. <laughs> <laughs> he knocked him out. So I said, that wasn't good. Um, but we had to process through that. It was, that was like a really odd situation. But I had once where I was sharing my faith with someone. And the guy just, I said, he came up to me and says, do you have a light? And I said, no, but I have the light, Jesus Christ. Can I talk to you? And he horked up and spit in my face, just horked in my face. And I stepped back, and on the inside, um, my fist wanted to have fellowship with his face. <laughs> but I thought that wouldn't be a good testimony. So I said, um, I just swallowed my pride, and I said, you know what? God loves you, man. And I said, I'm sorry if I offended you or something. And I was turning to walk away, and he followed me. And he was, a, he was like... Minus 10. I didn't know he was a satanic. He was, he was a satanic high priest guy. He was way over here, and he followed me. He's like, why aren't you mad at me, man? Why aren't you, why aren't you responding in that? And then he, he followed me for a while, and I just said, no, it's okay, man, because I, I love you. I realize you're upset. And he broke down. He said, tell me about the light. And I got talking with him, started bringing him to church. Um, he got saved, got into discipleship. But those minus 10 experiences where people get saved from all the way over here are very rare. 
as many times it's a process. And we get to be part of that process. And you can never fail in evangelism. People say, well, when I share my faith, people persecute me. When you share your faith, people get saved. Who do you think is more blessed? The person who gets the person over the line or the person who, you know, gets someone from 10 to 9? This person. Because Jesus says, blessed are they who are persecuted for my name's sake. So God is like, I'm going to bless you if you're willing to take shots for me. Isn't that good? So God is faithful. God wants us to basically just share our story, give a personal invitation. In Luke chapter 5, verse 17 to 20, I want to read just a quick story. And I'm actually going to tie in a little bit with our connect. Those, those of you who haven't done your connect group yet, I'm going to spoil it for you because I'm going to hit some of the same story because there's some powerful points there that Greg Rochelle taught. And it says here in chapter verse 17, One day when Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby, and it seemed that these men showed up from early village in Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem, and the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Say, the healing power was with Jesus. Now, that's where the power of God is. It's with Jesus. Now, look what it says here. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof and took off some tiles, and then they lowered the sick man to his mat in front of the crowd, into the crowd, right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, their faith, see, they were having faith for their friend, Jesus said to the young man, your sins are forgiven. All right? We'll bring up that slide there. They had to work to get their friend to Jesus. I mean, they had to work hard. You know, it's not easy, but we have to work to get people to Jesus. And that's kind of our responsibility. I mean, think about what they had to do. They had to put this guy, he was in a stretcher. The, the four of them had to each grab a side, and they, they had to carry this guy. And, you know, I, I don't know how much he weighed, but they had to carry this guy all the way through the streets of Jerusalem to this place where Jesus was. It was hard work. How many know sometimes it's hard work to, to, to bring people to Jesus? isn't it? And, and so they were willing to, to do the hard work. Why? The next point is because they were driven by compassion for their friend. They were driven by compassion. And the Bible says the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. And so we need to let that love out. We have to care for people to be willing to carry them and work to get them to Jesus. These men had a bullseye. Their bullseye was that they had faith for their friends, right? So, so the, the, the target was, was, you know, that the commission, we got to get people to Jesus. But the bullseye was, we have one friend here. This is, this is our target. This is our bullseye. We have to get this guy in front of Jesus. And I, I want you guys, in 2020, I, I'm inviting you to follow Camilla and I. You can do what you want, but I'm inviting you to come with us in this journey of having a bullseye of one or two people that I'm going to Believe God for that we're going to work to get them in front of the presence of Jesus. They overcame many obstacles. One of the obstacles that they had to overcome was that the church people were more focused on themselves and had their backs towards those in need. Right? And you saw this if you did your connect group. 
The Bible says in the beginning of this passage that the religious leaders, they were all gathered around Jesus. And so the religious people were there and they were having their service. And so they were like, we're busy worshiping God. We're busy listening to the word of God. We want to hear what this guy has to say. And meanwhile, there are people back here saying, excuse me, uh, we need to get this person in the presence of Jesus. But they couldn't get in to the meeting. And as Christians, we can be like that. We're so busy with our service. We're so busy with our doctrines and so busy with what we believe and how we do things and coming together and making sure that we're getting fed, that we have our backs turned to those who are far from God right? So we want to change that. But that didn't stop these guys. That didn't stop them. They said, you know, we're, we're going to get our friend up on that roof, and we're going to make a hole, and we're going to put him down in front of Jesus. And when he came down in front of Jesus, Jesus looks up and goes, because of your faith, your faith up there, guys, his sins are forgiven. I'm telling you, we can have faith and pray and believe God for one or two people this year. And because of our faith, Jesus will come and move in their life because we'll bring them before Jesus in prayer. We'll bring them before Jesus by giving our testimony. We bring them before Jesus by laying our hands on them and praying for them, not religiously, just, hey, I just want to, do you want to experience God? Let me pray with you. And just beginning to do these things, people will experience Jesus, right? So we have two things. We have two targets here. We have the first target is we want to go further. We want to reach further. You probably can't even read that from there. And the other one is we want to go deeper, right? And I find this is that you give me two Christians. You send one Christian, goes away for three days to a conference. And here's a great conference, great teachers, great, you know, music ministry and everything, they come back and you say, how was your time? Uh, you spent three days at a conference learning about Jesus, and they'll tell you this, it was awesome, it was great, I grew, it was good, right? Now I take that same guy, and I take him to Tim Hortons, and I, he has 10 minutes sitting at a table sharing his testimony about how Jesus changed his life with somebody across the table, and he comes back to me, and I say, how was that experience? And he'll say, it was transforming. I'm so full of joy. I'm so on fire. Was it better than the conference? You bet. Do we need the teaching? Do we need the doctrine? Do we need? Absolutely. But we've been wired to go light fires. And if we're not doing that, if we're not sharing, if we're not giving our testimony, if we're not looking for opportunities to get someone, you know, from minus 10, 9, minus 8, 7, minus 6 to 0, if we're not wired to do that, if we're not on fire to do that, then we dry up. Am I preaching to the right people here? Is this, this is so true, and this is where I am personally in my life, where even as, as a pastor, I have lots of work to do here. I slip out, and I go and witness to people and go talk to people because I need to be sharing my faith. You need to be sharing your faith. We have to all be doing this, amen? This is the target this year is that we can each reach one or two people, all right? So let's talk for a minute here. So we've talked about the first target, which is reaching further. Now can we talk about going deeper? Can we hit that second target? Or do you want me to stop? Do you want me to keep going? Anybody else? Let's have a show of hands. No? Okay. So here we go. We're going to go to the second one. Now I want you to see this because this is important. John chapter 11, verse 38 and 44. Jesus again groaned in himself. He came to the tomb. Now he was asked to come and pray for Lazarus, one of his disciples and his friend. 
And he said, I'm going to hold off for a few days. Lazarus ends up dying. And so Jesus shows up. He's groaning in himself because they're all in doubt and unbelief. And he came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone laid up against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he's been dead for four days. And Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? And then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was laying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you're always hearing me. But because of the people who are standing, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now, when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Now, I need a Lazarus, David, okay? And I need someone to help me. Chris, come on. Put a chair there for him. Yeah, you get to duct tape him. Just very, just around his ankles. There. Don't, don't go too crazy because that's good duct tape. So, so, he, so we're going to just put a little bit of wrap on his ankles there. No, no, together. Beautiful. That's wonderful. Thank you, Chris. Very good. Now, we'll just, just, just for illustration point here. So Jesus, Jesus, here's the thing. Jesus is the one who raises the dead, right? And, and you know, when we get saved, the Bible says we become new creatures. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things that are new. So I can't save anyone. You can't save anyone. No one comes to the Father unless the Spirit of God draws them. The Bible says that Jesus stands at the door and he knocks, and if anyone will open up, hear his voice open up, he'll come in and dine. So Jesus speaks to Lazarus, and he says, Lazarus, come forth. And so you come out of the tomb now. you got to come a little bit. A little hop, a few hops. There we go. There's Lazarus. Now stop. There we go. So he's come out of the tomb. Now I want you to see something that happens here. This is a picture of the new birth. People get saved. They come out of the tomb. They got the life of God. They're on their way to heaven. And it says in verse 44, and he said, Jesus said, okay, and he who died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes. Grave clothes. Issues. So many Christians we today, uh, we're all, you know, sometimes as Christians, how many know we can be depressed, we can have fears, we can have anxieties, we can have sometimes sickness, we can have things in our life that kind of bind us up. It's like grave clothes, but we're saved. We're on our way to heaven, right? So this is all good. Um, and, and look what Jesus said, very important. His face was wrapped with a cloth. We don't have a, oh, look at this. And Jesus said to them, you loose him and let him go. And, and the point I want to make here is that God will raise us from the dead. God will give us life, but he calls brothers and sisters in the body, to loose the person that just got saved. And I think there's certain places in uh, when we get saved and we come to God, there are certain things that we will never, ever be able to, there's certain freedoms we can never experience, there's certain breakthroughs we can never have if we're a closet Christian, if we're staying home, if we're not going to church. And so you have people like this, sorry, David, but we have people like this who get saved and they're like, I'm not going to church, it's just me and Jesus at home, we're not going to connect with the body. I'm free. Praise God. Hallelujah. Are you really free? Oh, yeah, I'm free. Oh, yeah. I'm free. No, you're not free because you need someone. Jesus has called someone to come and cut you out. Amen? Yes, would you help me? I was going to wait till he passed out, but it's okay. So you go ahead and cut him out. She's getting him out. And sometimes it's a lot of work. 
Sometimes it takes a lot of time. Sometimes it takes a few years. But eventually, there you go. You're free. So you're free indeed, brother. So let me give you a couple of scriptures so, so you don't throw stones at me. Okay, Acts chapter 9, verse... Um, actually, give you two scriptures and we're going to close. James chapter 5, verse 16. It says, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Because the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Sometimes there's certain things you can't, you need someone to pray with you in order to get your healing. You can't get it. You can go to God and say, God, I need you, I need you, I need you to come touch me. And, and he won't do it because he wants you to be in relationship with somebody else. Okay? Here's another example in Scripture, Acts chapter 9, verse 10. We understand what happens here is, you know, Saul is on his way to, Damascus, and he's going. He's gonna. He's on his way to persecute Christians. He does. He's a religious person. He doesn't know Jesus yet. And the Holy Spirit shows up, a, a MMA fighter, really, and just clotheslines him whoosh, right off his horse. And Paul's lying on the ground, and then Jesus appears to him. And Paul looks. Saul looks, and he's like, ah. And his eyes like melt up because he's seeing Jesus. And he, all of a sudden, he has these scales on his eyes. His eyes are damaged, looking at the glory of Jesus. And 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 so. That, and then Jesus talks to him for a bit and then leaves him. He just disappears. He didn't finish the job. Jesus did not finish the job. He resurrected him out of the tomb. And then he said, see you later. And he walked away from Saul. And this is where we pick up the story in Acts chapter 9, verse 10. It says, now there was a certain disciple. Does, he's, he's not an apostle. In Damascus called Ananias. Ananias was not an apostle, he wasn't a preacher, wasn't a pastor, he was not a miracle worker. He was a certain disciple. Look at your neighbor and say, You're a certain disciple. Nobody's special. We don't even read about him anymore in the scripture. It's just this one passage, and it says he's in Damascus, his name's Ananias, and the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. Okay? And he said, Here I am, Lord. He says, verse 11. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight. And inquire in the house of Judas, for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he is praying. Okay, so Paul, so the Lord is telling Ananias, there's somebody praying and asking for me to help. But I ain't helping them, because I already got them out of the tomb. But I want you to go help them. And look what, look what, look what he says here. And Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard about many things about this man and how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he, here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all those who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for he's a chosen vessel of mine. And then in verse 17 it says, And Ananias went his way and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, here's the key, Brother Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul. See, one thing God wants us to understand is that when, we be, when he becomes our spiritual father, we have spiritual siblings. And he will not allow us to find our true healing and our true deliverance without relationship with our siblings. The Lord said, the, he, this is what Ananias says, The Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came, he sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. Why didn't Jesus just heal Paul when he was praying? Why didn't Jesus just send the Holy Spirit when Paul was praying to him? 
because he'll always use people, siblings in his kingdom, to help us. I want you to know this. You're someone's Ananias. Somebody's praying today, saying, God, I really need a breakthrough. I really need to hear your voice. I'm really struggling. And you're someone's Ananias. You're the answer to somebody's prayer. Even as a pastor, sometimes, you know, I'll go out and I'll pray for people and I'll pray for some of you guys. I'll go minister and I see God's power move through me and I see people get their breakthrough and they're like, Pastor, you're such an amazing man of God and we appreciate you and all this. And then I'll go and I'll be praying for something in my life and I'm like, oh, it's like a brass heaven. I'm like, God, where are you? I'm not getting my breakthrough. I'm really struggling in this area. And then all of a sudden the phone will ring. This, this happened last week. One of you guys are calling me, hey, Pastor, I really felt, I wanted to encourage you with this. And they'll say something. I'm just like, thank you for being an Ananias. Because you're the answer to my prayer. Look to the person next to you and say, you're the answer to my prayer. Now, if you're single and you're sitting beside someone single, that doesn't mean anything. Just <laughs> know that. But even I need an Ananias. Paul the Apostle needed an Ananias. And so, so you know, he uses us to strengthen one another. And I believe he does this to keep us humble. Because some healing will only come this way. Now, it's always God who does the healing, but he uses his vessels. He uses his children to minister to one another. And so I had the two targets. The one target is this. For 2020, the, target, the two targets Camilla and I have, which we're inviting you to come into this journey with us. Because, you know, if we're not doing stuff like this, it gets boring, in my opinion. We have to go further, and you have to pick two people. Can you guys even read that, or is that too small? You need to go further, right? And we need to go deeper. So the target is further. The bullseye for further is this, for us, reaching out to two people. That means reaching out in prayer, reaching out in, in, in relationship and touching base with people. And the second thing is the target of connecting deeper with the bullseye of becoming an Ananias to someone. And that's why we encourage so strongly, go to a connect group. If you're not part of a connect group, go online and sign up. Even if the group says full, sign up and I'll call you and we'll find a place for you because there's something happens in connect group where you just start being Ananias to one another and breakthrough and deliverance and you go to the next level. How many would agree with that? We need Ananias in our lives. Amen? What I want you to do today, you don't have to do it, but I'm going to ask you to do it, and we might need our ushers to help us with that, is we have some connection cards in the seats in front of you, and if there isn't any, just in front of you, we do have some extra cards at the back that they'll pass out. What I want you to do, okay, and the only reason I'm asking you to do this because I believe in the power of prayer, um, if the Lord hasn't showed you who these two or three people are yet, no pressure. But if you feel you know who they are, I want you to write their names on the back of a connection card with your name at the top. And I want you to hand it in so we can get our prayer team that meets on Wednesday to bullseye target prayer for these people every week. We're praying for these people. We're praying for these people that Christ would be formed, that we'd get them from minus 10 to minus 8 to minus 7 all the way here. How many know prayer is, prayer is powerful, right? So if that's you in this place and you want to you do that, you feel you're ready to do that, just slip up your hand, and we're going to pass out a card to you, unless you have one already. If you have one already, you don't have to do that. Okay. Anybody else need a card? Everyone's got a card? Okay. 
We'll do this again next week because maybe God's, you're praying and God's going to start talking about who he wants you to reach, who he wants you to build a relationship. And your altar is not here. Your altar is your table. Your, your, it's the table at Tim Hortons. It's the driveway across the street where you can share your story of God's glory in your life. Amen. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for what you've done in our lives. We thank you that we're on this exciting journey. Lord, that we're aiming at the target of reaching farther for people, for you, and also the target of going deeper, becoming an Ananias, being the answer to someone's prayer in the body of Christ. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, I pray for every person in this place, Lord, that they would, that you would be speaking to them this week, Lord. We get to step out and step into the work of the Lord this week and this year. We have a whole year to do this. And we thank you, Father, that you're going to lead us and guide us. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.